Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spiteri, and as always, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, just had a nice long convo with my good pal Andy about some stuff. So I'm in a good mood. Dude, uh, I was I was a bit in a little bit of a funky mood before, but I feel a lot better now after chatting, actually. So yeah, thank you for that. That was fun. Um, everybody listening, man, if you are not a member of our Patreon, consider joining uh, at www.patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. Goo and I just uh, went back and forth for about an hour about uh, lots of different subjects, all the DC movie trailers, um, our thoughts <laughs> about them, like the the release of Tenant in theaters, Bill and Ted, uh, who are like the, the most notable directors of our time. There's a lot of like really interesting stuff there so this this stuff is all yours for one dollar a month so if you're not a member of our uh, patreon uh please consider heading over there and checking it out yeah get on it sorry <laughs> i was thinking a drink uh all right before we get going into uh today's episode uh we should give a special birthday shout out to the king himself, Keanu Reeves. It is his birthday today on the day that we are recording this, September the 2nd. Uh, so thank you for John Wick. <laughs> thank you for The Matrix. Thank you for Bill and Ted. Thank you for Speed. Thank you for all that you have given us. Yeah, what a what a guy. He's just in all, so many good movies. <laughs> and uh, the best part about it is everyone shares stuff on Twitter of mostly stuff i love of like the behind the scenes uh videos they make of these movies and it's always just about how uh cool keanu is <laughs> he just seems like he has such good dude energy around him yeah it seems like a good dude i always like i feel like if you're an actor you should at least uh and you're portraying a character who does a specific thing you should at least try to do it you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I always like for, um, for inside Lewin Davis, like I think Oscar Isaac learned how to play guitar or something like that. But it, it's always like Keanu learns, he learns the choreography, he does a lot of it. And that's, and dude learns Kung Fu. Whoa. <laughs> he just always yeah. seems like, I always like whenever they show him doing this stuff. Cause he always seems very committed and that is, you know, it's what you should be getting paid to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, happy birthday to to our boy Keanu. I wanted to take a quick second here, Gooey, and just pay some official respects to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we lost him last Saturday, way, way, way too early. Yeah, uh, he was only he's only forty three. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's incredible that for the last four years we we learned that he was battling colon cancer for the last four years, and like. Man, you you think about his body of work during that time, like how, like he he was doing his own stunts. He he looked like a million bucks. He was jacked and like, like what? <laughs> yeah. This this guy was just going through. He was the, you know again, committed stuff. Yeah. And you'd see you see all the stuff people were sharing stuff of him meeting sick kids and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like and he, you know such a strict movie schedule like you're working through all that stuff and having to deal with that too like that's that's insane you know um so yeah that, he's... that's some some true strength right there and um you know i i didn't know 
of Chadwick Boseman really before Black Panther. And, uh, you know, I, I had, I wanted to share one story and I'm sure that you probably had a similar story too, but like, you know, Black Panther was like a Marvel movie, but in many ways it was just so much more than that. It was like, it truly felt like this huge, like cultural phenomenon, you know, particularly obviously for people of color. I remember going to the theater and like, just being like, it, it was so cool because like when I was in the theaters, there was like all of these people dressed up in like these African garbs. Um, they, they just like were really paying homage to like the African heritage. And like when when Black Panther came out, I, I don't know. I just I thought it was really cool. And I thought like Chadwick Boseman was like the guy that really exemplified that and like brought it to the light. You know, he he was a guy from South Carolina, but he insisted on talking with like an African accent. He really embraced the whole, you know, like, I think he, he embraced the role and like took it really seriously. He had that like really quiet charisma about him. I just like, I, I will remember going to see black Panther just because of like, it, it felt like one of those movie events that it was mm. like more than it was more than the next Marvel movie coming out. This was like a big, it was a big deal. Yeah. I, I remember, um, I remember uh, his when he first showed up uh, as Black Panther in Civil War. That was like such a big applause <laughs> in the theater, you know. Oh, like that dude. He looked. God, he was so cool in that movie. That's, that's actually like the best moment of that movie. It's just like that one shot where he like c- comes into frame and they hold on him for a little bit longer because it's you know it's like a theatrical production there where they're like this is like an applause moment, you know? Uh, yeah, it's the sad thing about it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all sad, but like one thing that really sticks out to me is just that like, he really hadn't gotten to do more yet. You know, like I saw a lot of people sharing that same sentiment of like the worst part about it is you think about all the things he won't get to do, you know, like he, he had such a, a, a career ahead of him i'm sure you know uh it you know he had yeah. he had some other roles like he, in some other movies uh but you know his the ones that had hit big were you know black panther and then like basically an underutilized cameo in like the yeah, avengers you know but but like i wanted to see like who else he could have worked with and what other characters he could have embodied you know different directors and and roles that he could have taken on. And I think he would have, he would have been, you know, years from now, like someone, everyone would get excited about, you know, to see the next movie of, you know, it feels like he was kind of our generation's Denzel Washington. or was like heading down that road. Like, like when I was a kid, the, I, whenever Denzel Washington was in a new movie, I was just like, oh, f- like, hell yeah, I, I love Denzel Washington. Um, and it, it feels like, and actually, they, they even had that kind of uh, connection where I think Denzel paid for some of his schooling or, or something like that. But like, oh, yeah, that's um, cool. It, it feels it, it feels like he was kind of on his way to being that because he had, like I said, like kind of the same, like quiet charisma and like the same authority when he spoke. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's sad thinking of all the stuff that like, you know, we, we won't get to watch from him. And like, it's, it's just, I mean, you're right. It's all sad. It's just like, you know, fuck cancer, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that he 
went through that while still like i don't know he like definitely improved uh he added something so positive to the world yeah. while fighting through such an awful thing it's it's sad and incredible at the same time yeah and and you know this isn't to, to bum anybody out we just wanted to pay our respects to uh to chadwick boseman and like you know, go go and watch Black Panther tonight and like, you know, watch it loud and, and cheer on while you watch and, you know, relive the the energy and like the the emotions that that came with that movie. And uh, and yeah, cel- celebrate celebrate Chadwick Boseman by by cranking up Black Panther and, uh, and having a good time with it. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to say that we're going to have a good time today. We are talking about Final Fantasy, the spirits within and i was looking forward to talking about this movie for a very long time because i couldn't remember if i liked it or didn't like it from when i watched it when it first came out and uh there's a lot of like interesting stuff swirling around this movie which i i thought was was pretty neat so i i was really excited to watch this i i sat down last night and i powered through it and i'm excited to talk about some of my thoughts on this movie I didn't know anything else about the movie other than vague impressions. So, yeah, it was uh, I was looking forward to watching and talking about this for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just dive right into it. Uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, released July eleventh, two thousand one, directed by uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, and stars virtual theater alumni Ming Na Wen. Yeah. Chun Li herself. Roll, roll tide. <laughs> yeah, I love her. On Ming-Na. I was, I was. She's awesome. Yeah, the cast in this is actually pretty deep. Um, I like. I spent probably the first fifteen minutes of this movie, like every time a new character spoke, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, like they, uh, they, they got a lot of people in this. The the voice cast is like really really awesome. Actually, that you we're talking like. We got Alec Baldwin. We got <laughs> yeah. James Woods. We got Donald Sutherland. Ving Rhames. Uh, how do you? God, I can never pronounce his last name. Steve Buscemi. I think that's right. I say Buscemi. I don't know. I can never. <laughs> I never know if it's like a if a if it's a sh or a key or it's something like you know what I mean. Yeah, is it a, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But dude, like the voice talent in this movie, like they they really did go all out and they i think that they tried everything they could to make this like a successful movie like there there are some issues here and there in the movie but it's not because it's poorly acted or or anything like that so yeah really really good voice cast here they were definitely trying and it's a thing that happens now like all voice acted movies now are just like celebrities instead of voice actors but it it feels like they were trying to present this as like this is a animated movie that you can take seriously or something like that. Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah. Um there is actually there is a character and I forgot to write his name down. I think it's Matt McKenzie and he voices the general's like second in command. I think his name is Major something or other. So he actually voices uh Oron in Final Fantasy 10. So he's kind of in in both worlds here, which I thought was oh, a wow. neat little knickknack. There yeah. It's weird. It there's um one of the one of the council members ha- is this like older woman with like a very distinct voice, and I immediately p- 
picked up on her voice because uh, she's in one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as, like, the guest character. And I was like, wow, even, like, this person's here. This, ran you know, felt kind of random. And, and Keith David is another council member. Like, a very small role, but, like, he has such a a memorable voice too so it's like they they were even filling out like that's how you know it was like they were really trying with the cast is because even like the side roles were filled by these like very memorable voices you know yeah they they really spared no expense on <laughs> on the voice yeah. cast and like i i think for the most part i'll just say it now i i think for the most part like the voice acting in this movie was quite good it was uh, like was it was a strength yeah i you know, some of the people I feel like they they didn't get to do much. Like they, I wish they did more with certain characters. So it felt like kind of a waste. But it was not the actors. You know, like I think they all did good. And, and yeah, I, and in general, I would say it was weird to see Alec Baldwin's voice come out of that guy. I, I wrote down that same <laughs> okay, note because okay. it's like it's this young handsome guy. And like now, I think of Alec Baldwin as like mimicking Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live, and it's like, uh, I think this is weird. Yeah, I think even at this point, like Alec Baldwin didn't work. Like maybe if it was like early '90s, I think of like Beetlejuice, Alec Baldwin. He was kind of like a handsome young guy, but yeah. So I mean, three years after this movie came out, The Departed came out, which has Alec Baldwin in it, and he's like. He basically looks the same in that movie as he does today, just with less gray yeah. hair. So it is it's weird to see this like handsome, chiseled leader and like Alec Baldwin's voice coming out. Yeah, I noticed that too. Although it took me I would say it took me until like maybe the halfway point of the movie for me to go like this is really weird. Oh, it stuck out to me immediately. I mean, I still enjoyed a lot of I don't know. It was just weird. It was weird. Yeah, I I'll give you that. It was I think he did a good job, mm. but it was uh, it was definitely strange. I think it was strange because like the moment that it stuck out to me is kind of like the love scene between uh, Aki and and Gray, and yeah. I was just like, like I know how much older Alec Baldwin is than uh, um, than Ming Na Wen, and I was like, eh, yeah, I don't know, but it it was fine. I um, yeah, it's it seems weird, like. That's, I guess, the downfall of having hyper-realistic characters with, like, recognizable voices, as opposed to, like, a lot of movies now, it'll be, like, Angry Birds movie, and it's like, you got a deep cast, but it's like, they look, they don't look like themselves, but they're also, like, birds or whatever, but this is weird, because, right. yeah, that's why I think it usually probably works better, like, you can get some people, like, there's your, whatever, Joel, the guy who plays Joel in uh, Last of Us. Oh, uh, Troy Baker. Yeah, like he's in everything, but yeah. like he does different voices, and you can maybe pick out that it's him, but like you don't have that like face attachment as much, you know. But like when I hear Steve Buscemi, <laughs> I see Steve Buscemi is the problem. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's weird. It it was kind of weird that they didn't base. Um, like the the faces to at least to an extent the, on yeah. the only other on way to go is like death stranding where it's just literally them <laughs> like like I, I was gonna say like in death stranding like troy baker has troy baker's face like that's his face or like you know mads mickelson or like actually um so 
Mass Effect, uh, the the creators of Mass Effect um, have gone on record and said like this movie like directly inspired them to make Mass Effect, and like obviously they do the same thing there. Like they have the the faces mm. more or less you know photorealistic too um, on the on the actors and actresses in that game. So yeah, it, it is a little bit weird, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't there yet. Like I feel like in many ways this movie was kind of like an experiment to see, you know, what works in, you know, computer generated animation and what doesn't and like, what should we do? What shouldn't we do? Uh, I feel like this is kind of like a, a feeling out phase where like maybe after this movie came out, we, we kind of came away with some ideas of like, okay, well like this really worked this, maybe not so much. I see. I, I thought it looked good. So. Oh the, yeah. yeah. The movie looks fantastic. I just, I just mean more so like from like a point of like, like we were just talking about, like, okay, is it weird that these voices are coming out yeah. of these faces that don't match up, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. It did, yeah. No one had. I mean, there's other animated movies, but again, it was like not quite like this. So yeah, it's kind of new territory. Uh, and I've got some interesting trivia actually on that Alec Baldwin bit here, but um, this was the first ever computer-generated animated motion picture with photorealistic characters. I remember this being a big deal when it came out and uh you know there's there's a lot of information about how they achieved this um i'll, I'll give you kind of the coles notes version here the animators like basically motion captured the actors but then like redid their faces and there was like hand-drawn backgrounds everywhere it's so, like it's digital but it's kind of not and like huh. you know they there's like there's 141,000 frames in this movie uh, and each of them, I guess, takes 90 minutes to render. Uh, there's 15 terabytes of artwork. Uh, like there, like there's just a staggering amount of work that went into making this movie look the way that it does. Yeah, I you can tell like even you don't have to just think about it in context of the time, but also thinking about it in context of the time, you know, like, oh, this came out in whatever, 2001, like. That's insane, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it still like holds up pretty well visually. Like I, I would watch another movie that looked kind of like this. Yeah, I think it looks great still. Um, I, I think that all like the the character renders still look phenomenal. Uh, you know, one thing that I read, which I thought was like really strange, is that originally the so I guess the idea is that they created the character model for, for Aki Ross, right? And, yes, um, I read about this. <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted to have her star in different movies, like the digital actress version of her. Yeah, so they were so trying like, to... Not, not necessarily Ming-Na Wen, but like Aki Ross, but like, what would you call her? I, I don't know. I, yeah, they, I remember seeing they were trying to make her like, in, like independently a movie star, basically. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, actually, do you have more on that? Because there was some interesting stuff I saw. Uh, I have a little bit more. Okay, Here, go ahead. <laughs> here's one. Here's one tidbit which I couldn't believe. So Aki Ross was voted one of the sexiest women of 2001 yes, by Maxim. That's what I saw. <laughs> there's a. Believe, so there's a she's magazine. Number 87 cover. out of 100. Yeah, and she's on the cover. It's purple background. She's in a bikini. A bikini. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, what? Yeah, very, very weird. But uh, 
yeah, at that time, what with I, a lot of people were, like, I guess, experimenting with like that type of like what you could do with animation and stuff, you know. Like I, I and I mean, like, like she looks. I, I don't know. Like the the animation is obviously stunning. So like the the character frame like looks good. It's just weird to see like I don't know. It, it was weird to see her in Maxim. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird kayfabe that they were trying to create. Yeah. Yeah, that it was like that's kind of a, a good way to put it, actually, because is the whole like the whole she can go from this movie to another movie. It's kind of like it, it, you could almost liken it to like The Rock making movies where it's like The Rock was this character on WWE and like now The Rock is going and making movies right. like, as The Rock when he's actually Dwayne Johnson yeah very very strange very strange it made me kind of think of like um when they did the fake diesel and razor ramon (laughs) where it's like no you're it's not kevin nash it's you know the character of diesel is owned by us so we'll be using that some more not that they tried to do that with this but just the idea of like a company because it's usually a, a character is can be so tied to someone's image, you know, like, and they recast people all the time for movies, but like, you know, from a sequel to another one, but the idea of like, there's almost the inverse of that where it's like, you never have to recast this character, just the voice, you know, it would be like, it would be like Aladdin auditioning for like monsters, Inc. And it's like, okay, well, you know Aladdin. He's he was in this other movie, but now right. he's going to be in like this sci-fi movie. It's 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 weird <laughs> shit, and it's it's no wonder it never happened because the logistics of it are like so strange. Aren't there now like like uh, fictional pop stars? Like, aren't there like Japanese like hologram idol singers or something? I I don't know enough about that, but. I- I don't know. I don't know if they're singers. There's definitely models. Okay. There's definitely like 3D imaged models. Um, I was reading an article that like some model was kind of saying like, oh, you know, I've been losing out jobs to this person, which sucks because she's not real. She's like a uh, <laughs> creation, Weird. basically. Yeah. Weird. It also made me think of also very 2001, but it made me think of uh, Gorillas, the band, <laughs> because they would have like <laughs> hologram shows or whatever, but it's like. You know, it's just one for the most part, one guy, and then all all animated by a person. You know, another guy. <laughs> Dude, do you remember the band Prozac? No, I don't think so. You know what? This this might be a Canadian thing. Actually, oh I'm not sure God. they ever made it big. So there is this band called Prozac. They had uh, Jesus, I can't even remember their songs. I was like Europa or something like that. But anyways, so they were like an animated band, and like. You never saw the real person, but like, uh, they, it, everybody listening to this, just go YouTube Prozac. You, this will explain it much better than I can here. But it kind of the same idea as the gorillas were like, you never saw them and they were just animated characters. And like, that's how they performed just behind like a screen. It was fucked up. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's around the same time period, 1998. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let, um, I got some I got some news or not some news. I got a, a tidbit, actually, that I thought was interesting kind of around everything that we're talking about here. Um, so we were saying that it was weird to hear Alec Baldwin as the voice of Grey. He was not the original character 
that was supposed to play him. Um, the original male lead was Matt Dillon, actually. And Matt okay. Dillon visited the Square Animation Studios in Hawaii, and they saw the completed footage. He saw the completed footage of his character, and then, like, basically, he stormed out of there uh, for saying that they were trying to build, like, photorealistic CGI models and were trying to put actors out of business and, like, like revoked all of his involvement in the movie and was kind of replaced by Baldwin somewhat last minute. And I was digging into this, and there was a lot of people that were talking about this movie and, like, kind of had the same the same thing. Like, you know, this is bullshit. They're making digital actors to put real actors on a movie. Tom Hanks commented on it. I think Spielberg said something on it. Huh. And Matt Dillon with this, you know him taking his ball and leaving it's it's pretty wild that is very strange um especially because i i think the bigger issue is that it it's putting voice actors uh out of work by casting these uh you know other actors in roles that would normally go to them you know right yeah that's that's not gonna happen i don't think (laughs) i think uh they're eventually gonna put they'll probably put uh like directors out of business <laughs> because they'll they'll just have you know they'll you know do everything in a computer and like you know whoever the ceo of disney or whatever will decide or the it'll just be producers but i i don't see a- actors like unless you can do the vocal performance like you know you're not you're not in danger of losing your job maybe one day they'll have that though it, it was weird. It was it was weird to see how concerned people were about this movie, like, at the time. It almost reminded me of, like, some people being, like, when self-checkouts came out, them just being like, this bullshit's going to put cashiers out of jobs. Which, I mean, maybe it somewhat did to an extent, but... Yeah, there's not, not it's really. Like there's a larger issue at play here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... A lot of interesting stuff kind of floating around, like the the movie and its its graphical choice and animation choice and stuff like that um there there is some much more in-depth stuff out there if anyone listening wants to like go and read on that um this movie did not do very well at the box office it was like actually a huge huge bomb which is strange because in 2001 final fantasy had never been hotter like you had final fantasy 7 8 9 and i think that 10 was out by that time as well, or at least coming out, if not out already. Um, but like this movie bombed so badly that Square Pictures actually shut down and Squaresoft merged with uh, with Enix to become Square Enix a couple years later to, you know, to kind of get stabilized a little bit. And I remember I couldn't find any any articles that said this, but I remember hearing that Sony basically bailed Squaresoft out after you know, the amount of money that they lost on this movie. So yeah, like a massive, massive box office failure. I wonder, um, if they had marketed it differently, like maybe it could have garnered some more interest, you know, cause to the wider audience, it's like, it's got the final fantasy name on it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know like what final fantasy is it. Like if you don't know, but then you have a ton of Final Fantasy fans, right? But like, even the look of it, it this doesn't really it doesn't look yeah, like Final really Fantasy. Fit. Like at first glance, really doesn't share too much in common. There are some connective tissues, but yeah, it's like 
So it's hard to like look at it at face value and and like immediately know who this movie is like for, you know. But if I I think that's it, yeah. But say like, if they had came out and they were like, here's this new movie called The Spirits Within, and like it's the first and all that stuff you said, all that marketing of this is like photorealistic. You're not gonna believe it. It's gonna blow your freaking mind. And it didn't have the final fan. And like you know, we've got all these stars in it. Like maybe that would have had a lot of people just cur- you know, piqued people's curiosity or something, you know. Oh, I think it would have been a way different story. I think that I think that the Final Fantasy name hurt this because at the time everyone was still like just dogging on like, oh, video game movies suck and like whatever. So I feel like they a lot of people probably had their minds made up. I feel like a lot of Hollywood probably wasn't behind this movie and maybe Mm -hmm. didn't go out of their way to help it. Um, I agree. Yeah, I I, but I I actually like that it is a Final Fantasy movie, though, like for me personally, it adds to it even though it it doesn't share a lot of similarities. I I think it thematically in some ways fits in with the canon of some of the games, at least. So if if you're like a hardcore Final Fantasy fan, I would say that I'm like a pretty big Final Fantasy fan and I'm pretty knowledgeable. It's like if you are a knowledgeable fan, there are definitely some some connective tissues in this movie that like, you know this movie shares in common with final fantasy games Mm -hmm. if you are a casual final fantasy fan looking at this you're just like what is this like it's not really it doesn't look anything like any of the other games but uh, like the advantage that final fantasy has too is like every game kind of looks different and like its own so like even if this was like a sci-fi kind of a kind of a movie like you know you're not beholden to any one particular setting in final fantasy like some of them kind of stick to the same like tropes and like the same, like you've got your kingdoms and you got your stuff like that. But you know, yeah. for for the most part, you have some freedom to kind of play. Um, so I wonder if this one was just like a bit too far out of the way it, for that. Like, I, don't, I don't know. There's gotta be, I feel like there's gotta be swords, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like that was a mistake, like not having swords and like it would have been so easy because you have like yeah. everyone has their guns, but you just had to make them energy swords or something like that. Yeah, but I th- I think they wanted it to like stand alone as like a like they wanted it. They It feels like they were trying to make it like the most I don't and I don't mean this disparaging, but like kind of a more fits in with a more traditional, maybe less ambitious science fiction type movie you know right. and so it does it does in a way just resemble a lot of other movies so it might be in that in just that basic aesthetic like uninspired i guess or maybe it's just like too strictly inspired so that's probably i feel like why they didn't fully commit to the final fantasy that's like maybe why they should have for right. marketing purposes not mentioned it but i i would have been down if there were swords <laughs> I, I like I'm not even I'm not even being facetious. Like I think if there were swords and magic, that's the exact same movie, but like there's swords and there like there's some spells here and there, then Final Fantasy fans would have been like, okay, like this is kind of Final Fantasy esque. Yeah. Like maybe throw in a, a fucking sword fight in there somewhere between two guys. Um I, I think that like it was I think that for Final Fantasy fans, this is maybe just a bit too far away from what they knew to be Final Fantasy. And then for like sci-fi fans, it was just like okay, well, this is a video game movie, so it's probably going to suck. And then for, like, kind of the people undecided, they just were like, well, what is this? Is this a video game movie, or is this a sci-fi movie, or is this, 
just an animated movie or these real people. Like, I think there was a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. I do like the I like conceptually. I'm not like a Final Fantasy fan, but I like the idea of them going somewhere completely differently than what the games present, but still like even though even though all the different games are about different things, like I felt as someone who has really only played Final Fantasy seven, uh, the like the idea in this of like whatever the spirit, uh, what do they call the like force? The the phantoms. The, yeah. Or like in the earth that the, that people draw from. Oh, Gaia. Gaia. Yeah. Like that to me shared like kind of a thematic thing with like the life stream and final fantasy seven yeah, it, it was the life stream and it kind of yeah. de- dealt with i don't think it dealt with it as well but like this idea of you know people who want to destroy it for various reasons or whatever you know like it had some of that there that was stuff that i liked about final fantasy seven of like the diff people's different struggles with dealing with that very specific right. like spiritual nature of like the energy of the earth you know uh, so I thought that was cool. Like, I feel like you could do that in any type of setting. It doesn't have to be fantasy. It doesn't have to be science fiction. You know, like you could make a you could make a straight up horror movie that dealt with that if you wanted to. Like, so I like I, I yeah. almost like that it was like, even though it was not unique compared to other sci fi movies, it was distinct for a Final Fantasy thing, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't mind that either, actually. And like. The, the life stream thing was kind of what I was talking about, where, like, if you are a knowledgeable fan about Final Fantasy, then you can say, like, oh, okay, like, we, we've seen, like, this kind of story play out in Final Fantasy VII to a weird extent. Or, like, if you're a knowledgeable Final Fantasy fan, you're just, like, you're going to be familiar with terms like like Gaia, or right. when you see Dr. Sid, you're just going to be like, oh, hey, uh, Sid. Sid, uh, you know? there's a thematic issue. <laughs> so I, I feel like there is enough, but I just feel like they maybe didn't convince those like Final Fantasy fans, like to to it, give it yeah. a shot with it's the It's not bringing anything you like from any game to life, uh, you know. Like at first glance, at least, you know. Well, let's uh, let's get into the movie here, and uh, the the very the, I mean, the very first thing that you notice about this movie is like I think that it looks so good, and it's like mind boggling to me that this did not win an Academy Award for its visuals. It, it seems like another example of, like, the Academy Awards being just like, oh, well, this isn't a big theatrical release, so fuck this, and just not wanting to change and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, was it wasn't theatrically uh, released? Uh, no, it, I mean, it was. It's just kind of like... It's just kind of like them sticking to their stupid old school, old timey kind of rules or whatever, right? Like, you know, like what I mean is like in recent years, you've seen them say like, "Oh, a movie can't be nominated for best picture if it wasn't released in a theater." Well, hold on, you know what I mean? Though, he, let me let me counter it slightly. I mean, maybe it should have been nominated because I'm looking at it and there's only three films nominated for best visual effects. But what would you pick? Uh, would you pick this or? The Fellowship of the Ring as having the best visual effects. Well, I mean, you could nominate yeah, yeah. it in terms of like animation and stuff like that, and I don't. Maybe those, maybe those categories didn't exist. But like, I, I think like, I'm, I mean, obviously, Lord of the Rings is on like another level. But like, this is like really impressive for. Yeah, it could have. It could have gone up against Shrek. <laughs> Fuck Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, by God, it seems like it got robbed to me. 
Um, so yeah, cool, cool opening shot. The visuals are really cool. This is the first sequence where uh, we're seeing uh, Aki's dream, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's, it's very pretty. This movie, I, I like yeah. the look of it a lot. I, I think it's consistently good looking. Yeah, I think even. It, even if I, there's I, there's a lot I really don't like about the movie, but like just at just at that, it was just kind of cool to like look at the visuals for a while. It's just like, yeah, this is a cool looking movie. It's it's yeah, yep. it's fun <laughs> just for the visuals on its own. All right. So it is December 2065 and uh, Earth is pretty fucked up. Thirty four years ago, these things called phantoms invaded Earth and basically destroyed everything. Um, Aki has been having the same dream for the last couple of months, and I would does she live in her spaceship or, or I don't know. Yeah. She's in her spaceship when we first <laughs> meet her. Um, Earth, anyway, Earth is pretty fucked up. It, it actually kind of reminded me of like the uh, the Matrix, like the real world in the Matrix. Oh sure, I can kind of see that. Yeah, it's like uh, that was uh, actually what was kind of interesting about this um, was the real world setting because. I don't think you have that in other Final Fantasies where it like is literally Earth. No. Yeah. So like she goes to like Times Square in this scene, right? And there's like a Pepsi ad, um, and they like talk about New York City. That was all very strange, but kind of cool. Like very very strange. That's just another yeah. way that it's like totally di- like if they had called it like you know, uh, some fantasy sounding name like that immediately would do a lot more to make it feel like Final Fantasy. But uh, it's cool. I agree. It's cool. Uh, Like, I like what they did, but yeah, I feel like they should have perhaps, like you said, like made it more Final Fantasy-esque and like the very small changes they could have made. Didn't affect um, my enjoyment of the movie, but I'm I'm more, again, thinking from the the marketing perspective. Yeah, it, it, it didn't affect mine either, but like, um, I, I could see where like a Final Fantasy diehard fan is just like, fuck, I don't want to like, uh, you know, I don't want to be on Earth if I'm watching or playing Final Fantasy. I want to be in like, you know, Alexandria somewhere or something like that. Right. Uh, or Midgar or whatever. Right. So totally. Um, anyways, Aki is exploring the ruins of New York City. She's got the uh, I think their guns like shoot like they they light up the spirits around them or something like that or the phantoms as we know it. Um, these phantoms are invisible to the naked eye at the beginning of the movie until she shoots them or something like that. So the idea is that these these phantoms have invaded 34 years ago. They can basically suck the soul out of anybody with just a simple little touch. Kind of mm-hmm. a cool premise. And it kind of reminds me, did you ever play Xenosaga for the, for the PlayStation no, 2? No, I've never played it. So Xenosaga actually came out around the same time that this did. And has a very similar premise where there's these enemies called the Gnosis, and they're kind of like these these ghost enemies that kind of flicker in and out of reality too. And like they come in like like some of them are massive, some of them are very small. Those are like kind of the main enemies that you fight there. So like I was immediately kind of reminded of the Gnosis watching this movie. I actually had to to fight myself from keeping like writing down gnosis instead of phantoms and i was taking some notes here <laughs> i immediately was thinking like are these are like bts dude <laughs> yeah i mean that's pretty much what they yeah. are so it's cool i li- i like that concept and uh we'll see some later but like some of the like deaths or whatever uh via phantoms are like kind of brutal actually 
because yeah. the visual of like when people get hit by it and they become like orange or whatever looks looks no- like you see it and you're like that person yeah that I, that looks like they had their soul sucked out of their body <laughs> that's like the best way to put it it looks brutal yeah it ve- yeah very good bit of um visual effects there very impactful yeah like the the phantoms look really really cool actually you know i was actually thinking when i was watching it that there's the same kind of a uh um the color motif is like breath of the wild where like you have the the orange is the phantoms and that's kind of bad but then like when they turn good they're blue yeah and it, it just kind of reminded me of the shrines in breath of the wild yeah orange and blue is a solid color palette <laughs> that's that's a good one it's proven complementary colors uh, that's why <laughs> On the, on the color right, wheel. So, <laughs> Aki, shout out to Breath of the Wild, actually. I just finished that for the second time last oh, night. Oh, nice, nice. A se- second time, like, I mean, like, doing everything. Wow. Wow. You went yeah. through that pretty quick. Great game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great game. Uh, all right. Aki is, is wandering the streets of New York City ruins, and uh, she meets a squad, and they're trying to bring her back home, but she's like, nah, I am looking for a spirit. And she finds the spirit, and it is a plant. And this fucking reminded me of Wally a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, like uh, totally destroyed, and then there's like the one bit of life or whatever. Yeah, and like the little plant that she's bringing back, uh, which I thought was funny. There's a little bit of a shootout, but the squad gets her out of there. They get back into space, and they go to Barrier City Forty Two, and is, so to set the stage here, it looks like all of the cities have like this kind of shield protecting them. They're called Barrier. And uh, that's where the humans live now. The shield is the only thing keeping the phantoms out of the city. So it looks looks kind of cool. Um, you know, some, some sci-fi kind of stuff that we've seen before, but looks really it's like neat. A, like a not city, would you say? <laughs> sort of, it made yeah, me think yeah. of Death Stranding a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, got, it's got that same kind of energy, yeah. I, I, uh, also... I like that saving just the plant. And it was also framed as like... Um, like they were trying to get out of there and she's like, no, we have to do this. Like, and so she was kind of going against the team. Like they were trying to arrest her, you know? So I, I like that. And once it had, it's again, reminded me of final fantasy seven, where even though it's not explicitly yeah. said, it's, it felt like kind of an environment, environmentalist type thing, you know, or it's like, we got to save this plant. You know, it's the one plant. We got to save it. I, I like that it was kind of like a digestible open to the movie as yeah. well. Like the the next couple scenes are like kind of heavy on telling you what's going on in the world. But like this is at least like more or less straightforward. There is a lot. There's a lot of like thrown out names and, and out there concepts that it, it's not much more than like your average sci-fi movie. You could kind of probably get lost in it. But I was never too. I was never too thrown off by anything. So like compare that to the other final fantasy stuff we've watched and it stands out yeah yeah i i had some questions at the end of the movie but i feel like those maybe were more so just like plot holes rather than like questions that needed to be answered or anything like that so uh, i mean we'll we'll get there when we get there but um yeah it was was a nice open definitely wasn't no king's glaive open uh which i think is i think is the most infamous open in virtual theater history Maybe either that or Alone in the Dark. What do you think was worse? Oh, wait, wait which one? Alone in the Dark? Well, Alone in the Dark oh, had with the... the uh, I was thinking of the uh, fight scene in the open of Alone in the Dark, which I was thinking is like one of the best opens <laughs> for such a bad movie. Uh, 
No, they have they have that junk with the the black text on the screen yeah. and then like the the gold the mine orphanage or whatever. <laughs> oh Jesus! No, that rules. <laughs> I gotta give it to I gotta give it to the uh, Final Fantasy Kingslave one because I got no no enjoyment out of that. Even though the movie is probably I remember, better. I watched that. I watched it four times. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, anyway, so Aki and the leader of this squad named Gray know each other. They uh, they obviously were were more than friends right. at some point back in the day. So they shout out to Alec Baldwin there. Yeah, they have a you know they have a story. They have a story going. <laughs> yep. So the you meet the rest of the squad. There's Neil, the pilot. Uh, there's Private Ryan, who's just kind of like a badass. And then there, what's what's her name? Jane. Is it Jane? She's also a badass. Jane. Yeah, Jane, who's voiced by uh, Roz from Frasier. Oh, there shout. you go, dude. <laughs> this this fucking cracked me up, actually, speaking of her, where uh, Neil, the pilot's like he goes up to her. And he's like, looks like you've gained some weight. And she's like, it's called upper body strength. Neil, get a girlfriend, <laughs> dude. Uh, this popped me. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> There's like two that and another moment that where they actually have some like one liners or something like sort of character. But overall, I would say the the three the team here is kind of underdeveloped. Like to me, it's my least favorite aspect of this movie is that these three characters didn't get a bit more, you know. You know what? I I agree with that, but for me, like I think they were fine for for what they were. I, I wasn't expecting them to be like be a big part of the movie. Yeah. It was obviously like the the story of Aki and, and Gray. Yeah, I don't even um, mean. I, like I thought a they story. were really funny. Uh, I yeah, okay. I felt like they just a little bit more. I didn't feel like they had as much personality as I would hope for with them. But so that they kind of fell flat for me. Uh, I I think I just like. I think I just like Steve Buscemi's voice. It just cracks me up. Like he's he's just yeah. when I hear that voice, it makes me want to laugh. And like when he was kind of getting shit on by by Jane, it just it, it was cracked me one. up. Yeah. And there's a few instances in that. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's the team. That was that was probably the funniest line of the movie. I thought the get a girlfriend line. I don't. It just cracked me up. <laughs> um, but anyway, so now we have an exposition dump, and we're gonna learn about the the rules of the world here. So. Uh, Let's, let's try and get through this and correct me if I messed anything up here, Goo. Okay. So, it looks like these things are called phantoms, and it's bad news if you make contact with them. Uh, Gray actually did make contact with one, but uh, Aki saves him. Um, and actually, so he had this, like, this infestation inside of him or whatever, um, but his soul didn't get sucked out, but I guess he was, like, corrupted somehow, and she she was able to get it out in time. I'm not really sure how that works, actually. Mm, yeah, it, I don't fully know, but it it kind of reminded me of like when uh, when they were pulling the the fucking thing out of Neo's belly button, actually, in the back seat of the car in the Matrix. Mm, right. Yeah. It they they do have some sort of like I don't know. I say like body horror element to it because that's that is kind of freaky to think about. Uh, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Um, okay, so now we kind of get into some Final Fantasy stuff here. There's lots of like words that Final Fantasy fans will know being thrown around here. We meet Dr. Sid, and he is saying that there are eight spirits 
that they can collect. And the plant was the sixth spirit, so they need to find two more spirits. And uh, Gaia is like the life force of the planet. And, uh, you know, he he's kind of a radical for believing in that. And he discovered that there is a unique energy in the phantoms and that every living organism also has this kind of unique energy. And that's what, like, powers the barriers around the city. Uh, lots of stuff kind of being thrown <laughs> right. around here. Did this all land for you, Goo? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was followable enough. It, it, I think there, there is stuff being thrown around that if you're like not invested already, like you, it could be a turnoff. But, um, it's right. kind of, yeah, it's kind of like standard sci-fi stuff. I, the basic takeaway was that it was like spirits kept out by barriers. They're in the planet. <laughs> I was like, got it, cool. So yeah, there, there's there's a couple keywords that are all different from each other. So spirits are your collectibles in this in this movie. I keep on wanting to call it a game, but yeah. they're, they're collectibles in the movie. Gaia is basically the life force in this movie, and phantoms are the bad guys in this movie. Oh, right, right. Which is like, which is like the three of them are like kind of close enough that it can be a little bit confusing at times. But it, it, you know, it is weird because there's there's phantoms and spirits, and then later in the movie. They're like, they discover what the nature of the spirits are or the phantoms are. And they're like, oh, so these are like ghosts. And it's like, I mean, yeah, we could just still. Isn't that what a fucking phantom is? We could just still call them phantoms. Like, I get I get that you understand their nature now, but it's not like, you know, it doesn't. It's strange that you already called them phantoms, I guess. Maybe you should have called them something else. It is a little bit weird, actually, and it's it's one of the things that I was just like, oh, okay, at the end. Um, anyways, so we go over and we meet our chief villain of the movie, General Hine, and uh, they're at a big counselor meeting, and we learn that the uh, they actually know where the Phantom Nest is. It's on a meteor that struck, or, or didn't even struck, it's in orbit around Earth, and it showed up 34 years ago. They've tried to attack it before. All types of attacks have failed, but... General Hine has made something called the Zeus Cannon, Zeus and he cannon. is eager <laughs> to fire that bad boy off. Yeah, voice he's voiced by James Woods here. <laughs> um, very villainous. I cannot... Very apropos. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very easy to dislike, right? One of the best bits of casting yeah. <laughs> here. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of like the the character. They, they, they make an attempt at some depth to him, but uh, overall, pretty solid villainous uh, bad guy introduction here. Yep. Um, so there's a scene here where the council kind of throws over to Dr. Sid and he says something that maybe you can, you can clear up for me here. Goo. Okay. So Dr. Sid says we should not fire the Zeus cannon at the meteorite because doing so will hurt the spirit of the earth or like the Gaia of the earth. Is that correct? Did I, did I get that right? Or am I misremembering what he said? Yeah, so because I think what I thought, so I thought the phantoms were like now starting to like be in the earth. Did this the meteor? It it didn't crash into the earth. Maybe I, I totally misunderstood. I don't think that. so. Yeah, it made it. it maybe it, maybe it did. I don't know. That's what I thought was that the meteor had crashed into the earth, and that's why they were all over the earth. And they were within it too, 
And so his idea was like they were concentrated within the earth. And so he was like, let's shoot this cannon into the earth to kill them. But also like, that's where the spirit of Gaia is. So it would also kill Gaia. Okay. That, that makes like much more sense. All right. Things are <laughs> connecting. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause I was, I was just like, okay. So like, um, how is the, how is firing on this meteorite going to hurt the earth? And like, also, I was like, well, does well, actually I'll save that last part for when we get to it. But your explanation makes a lot of sense. So let's just go with that. Yeah. And so um, that that also was like, uh, what was I, I going to say? Like, oh, the, the, the way it connected for me was because he was like he made like a comparison where he's like, oh, so you're just saying like if I took a gun and shot it into the ground, I would be like damaging Gaia or something. It was kind of dismissive. And so that's that's like the comparison that connected it with me. He's like, okay, he's just saying like he's taking it literally or something like that. Right. Yeah. This guy was a total douchebag. Uh, he really was. I I hated him actually throughout this whole movie, but like in a good heel heat kind of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was good. And they gave him some you know motivation for why why he wants why he's so like desperate to destroy it i guess so kind of works yep i I liked that there was some stuff i wish Um, they even explored more with him but uh you know there's some good ideas there um okay so what dr sid is proposing here is that and again you can jump in and correct me if i've got this twisted i'm surprised i know some of this stuff me too. <laughs> so so Dr. Sid is suggesting that if they gather the eight spirits, they can create a some kind of wave that will basically counteract the phantoms and uh yeah. like get rid of them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I, I don't know what this wave is supposed to be, I can't remember, but basically that's that's what we need to do is is finish our collectibles. We've got two left. And then the wave will be complete. Um, Aki reveals that this works because they've only got six of the eight parts. And um, even though it's not complete, it's enough to like keep the the phantom infestation inside of her at bay. So she's like terminally ill, actually, which is, which is like kind of neat. I thought. Yeah, she is like her physical self is like proof of concept to them, basically. Right. But then yeah. they're also like. Uh, I think they like make it they like feel distrustful of her a little bit too because of it. General Hyde definitely does because he's he's just like, well, you've got this this phantom inside of you. And he hates um, the phantoms. Oh, he hates yeah. them. And he's convinced that, that it's going to turn her against humans, which might not be the most unrealistic, you know, belief. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you. Yeah, you see again, like later, why he just totally despises them, I guess. Well, um, Aki and Sid, uh, by a little bit of time, anyways, they convince the council not to use the Zeus cannon yet, but they have to hurry and find the seventh and eighth spirits. So we are off to the race. Uh, we get a little bit of backstory here about the spirits. Um, Aki actually says that she was the first spirit, and her disease is a result of like an experiment gone wrong. That the fifth spirit was like this little girl who passed away. Uh, I was kind of confused actually about like what could be a spirit. Like, is it is it random? Like these random life forms become spirits? 
Uh, I don't think the movie ever I don't answers. Remember. I yeah, I must uh, I must have missed that portion. Um, but it, I just don't think they answer at all. I think they don't really care. To me, something about it worked where it was like because because they're like you can use them to like create this wave that counteracts them. Like it it has to do something with like the connective the connectivity to like gaia's spirit energy or something like that i don't know well whatever it is they they know what they need to do they need to get two spirits uh man this next scene we meet up with gray again and he is flexing on aki like so hard i i was watching this and i was like dude like chill out here like you're <laughs> he's he's super touchy and stuff i was like dude just you know play it cool for god's sakes you look like you look you look desperate here it looks terrible this is an attempt to like they're trying to set up though their story here of like why they're estranged a little bit and you know the movie does a decent job of getting across he there's like a line where he's like uh talks about like his whether he believes in in this like gaia thing or not and he's like is that why you shut me out you know so it's it's kind of this it's a little predictable their story and stuff like that it's and it's not like mind-blowing or groundbreaking but it does an okay job of like setting it up at least it was yeah, competent and, uh, <laughs> yeah it was competent yeah uh gray makes the line of like is that why you left me in the middle of the night that's or, like, it, yeah, something, something like, that. like that yeah i i kind of heard that i was just like hey. <laughs> but uh yeah th- this was confident um all right and like you were saying we we do get um we do get a little bit of backstory about General Hine. Um we learn that his family was was killed by the phantoms and that's why he's so desperate to you know to to fire this this cannon on them and eliminate them mm-hmm. which I, I appreciated that they were giving him a little bit of backstory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um like I th- I think they could have done more to explore it, but I like it's it's something more than I expected too. So and they and they again yeah they pulled it off in a way that was easy to follow and it wasn't it didn't feel like forced or anything. So I I kind of liked it all right. Yeah, I thought that it was good. I, I think you nailed it actually. Like I wasn't really expecting anything. I was just kind of expecting him to be like evil military guy and he's like you know he he's just a douche for being a douche's sake. At least he's got like an iota of backstory and explanation for his actions. So yeah, yeah I, I like that. Um, anyways, General Hine is losing his mind because the council won't fire the Zeus cannon, and he assigns Gray and his squad to accompany Aki on her trip to get the seventh spirit. So here yeah. we go. It's time for a new adventure here. Um, Aki she's having crazy alien dreams, and uh, the new squad arrives on some kind of old battlefield looking for the seventh spirit. And then they find it, and it's like a backpack, but it's like a bio-organic backpack. I love that. I love that it was a backpack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm here I, for that this. That was funny to um, me. Man, I liked it. I thought that this scene looked so cool. So they they get attacked, basically, by, like, a ton of phantoms. There's, like, this giant enemy crab or, like, a beetle or something. And, like, there's this wicked-looking red dragon. He kind of looks like a red Gyarados um aki is obviously attracting the phantoms because of whatever is inside of her this scene was like i thought it looked so cool 
Yeah, a lot of those. I particularly like the dream sequences and like the way the sky and everything looked. It looked crazy and otherworldly. Uh, those really stood out to me. Yeah, I think that it looked like phenomenal. Yeah. Like the the dream sequence into the the fight with the phantom sequence. Like something about the like transparent orangeness of them. I I don't know. I just I think it looks really cool. Yeah, and and they were like uh, diverse in like the way they looked. So that that kind of added to the um, the mystery. Like it actually had kind of a cool mystery. Like okay, there's these phantoms, but like why are some like a Gyarados and you know? Yeah. At first, I thought that like that was just something like that wasn't going to make sense. You know, thought there was just, not that it needed to make sense. Like depending on what you do with them, I th- I thought it was just going to be like. Yeah, there's some monsters or whatever, you know. I was, um, I was kind of like you. I was pleasantly surprised. First of all, I was just like, I, I don't really need an explanation. I'm totally down for giant enemy crabs and like different kinds of phantoms and stuff like that. But then when they offered an explanation later in the movie, I was just like, oh, it was actually cool. a cool like explanation. This... I thought. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, so, anyways, the uh, the the squad get out of there. They get the spirit back on the ship and then one of general Heinz's lackeys shoots Aki right in the gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Douche. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they have to take Aki back to Dr. Sid and this, this was kind of weird. So they're, they need to perform surgery on Aki. They put the seventh spirit directly into her. And also gray is like sharing some of his spirit with Aki. Sure. Yeah. Do I have that right? I think uh, I have that right. Oh, but by the way, which also lets Gray see the dreams that Aki has been having. Yeah, so it's like one more step on. They're trying to have a story where he like doesn't buy into the stuff of like the Gaia thing, and maybe this is like a step on his journey to like understanding or something. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I I was watching this and I was just kind of like. Oh, okay. Like, how how do they put the backpack right in? Like, like what is a spirit, and how do you put a spirit into someone? Yeah. Like, I'm assuming the spirit isn't, like, the backpack. There's something in it, or, like, some kind of energy in it, or my, something. I don't yeah, know. my interpretation is that it was, like, things that are, like, fill in, imbued with, like, the spirit of Gaia or whatever, but, like, um, I just didn't get why that wouldn't be in everything. Maybe it well, isn't everything. And also, I don't know. to get more specific, it's like, why is there eight? Like, you know, that's an oddly specific number. Like, if they would have said, like, okay, like, there's um, there's spirits and, like, so, like, not everything. Earth is so messed up that, like, not everything has enough Gaia or spirit in it. And so the things that, that do, like this plant or, like, this backpack, like, we can extract that, and then when we have enough spirit, we can make up the the wave. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that it's like we got to collect the eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's because they wanted there to be like the moment in the end where it's like this is the last thing, you know? Like there, there so there's kind of like a more drop. It's never like, well, we can just go get some more spirit. <laughs> there's probably a better uh, way to go there's... about it, but. We're probably yeah we're yeah I maybe we're just not interpreting it right I don't know 
Uh, but I feel like it, it was kind of weird. But I mean, also like whatever. I don't like, know if it's cares, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they the general also somehow I don't know how how he finds this, but he finds a recording of Aki's dreams, and he says that that's evidence that she's working with uh, the phantoms. First of all, if you could record your dreams, that would be so badass. I would love to see what I dream about. I don't. I don't know if I would. Might be embarrassing, you know. I don't. Well, I don't know that I'd show anyone oh. else. But okay, maybe. <laughs> Depending. Maybe I would see my own dream if I could. I don't know though. Some things are best just kept unknown. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I think it would be cool, man. I think that that'd be like really We've far got out. A Black Mirror episode ready to go. Uh, man, how how sick would a Black Mirror episode be looking like this? Like in this kind of animation. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> the, Do yeah. it. Um, anyway, so he he is uh, using this as evidence that Aki is being controlled by the Phantoms and he uh, he arrests the whole squad, including Aki, just as Aki finally realizes what her dreams mean. Um, did you... So when I was watching this last night and she's like, I finally know what it means. I was watching it and I was like, I don't know what it means. Did you pick up on like what it was all supposed to say at this point? Are you talking about the like when they explain what the phantoms are? No, 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 not yet. So like oh, right before then. <laughs> yeah, right before they were arrested, she's like, oh, I get it. I know what they're trying to say. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea what they're trying to say. Um, No, I don't. I, I don't specifically remember this moment, though. I, I just remember more closer to the to the end. Right. Okay. Uh, let's let's keep it moving here. Uh, I I don't know why I jotted this down at this particular point in the movie, but I made a, a note that I was like really impressed with the voice acting <laughs> okay. in this movie yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody had a good monologue or something. I don't know. Um, anyways, so um, the, apparently the Phantoms died on their own planet, and the meteor was a chunk of their planet that hurled out into space which is why there are different types and sizes of phantoms because they are ghosts and you have like the the phantoms of like the animals and like the different yeah. creatures and stuff on that planet yeah i liked this i liked it too because it was like it was kind of cool that it was like the planet well like they're facing extinction from the planet dying or like they might kill the planet uh due to monsters of another dead planet it's kind of a cool, uh, now, you know, element. I I do have some questions, which I'll ask at the end of the movie about this uh, this piece of business. But yeah, I I thought that it was a cool like concept that like you have like this kind of this this ghost town basically on like a rock hurtling through space, and like that is obviously like what happened in the dreams that Aki's been having. Like they they yeah. blew up their own planet and like. I th- I, yeah, I thought it was very cool, actually. Kind of reminded me of, like, um, of Krypton, almost, from, like, you know, Superman. Yeah, but if, what if instead of sending someone out, they just sent out ghosts? <laughs> Damn! Yeah. So I liked, I actually liked the the concept of, like, oh, these things are uh, not monsters, they're ghosts. It was just weird the way it's word, you know. Like, I feel like they should have picked a term different from phantoms, you know? And 
Uh, yeah, be- well, I mean, because like phantoms, like, phantoms, ghosts, and spirits are like very interchangeable words, but like they yeah. all mean very different things in this movie. It would be kind of cool because go like ghosts and like if spirits and ghosts, I'm okay with, especially because when you re- like it makes sense then for some reason <laughs> that the like anti uh, ghost thing would be brought about through like the spirit of our planet you know of gaia or whatever because it, right. it, it's kind of a similar concept it makes like maybe they're kind of one in the same you know like these are the spirits of this planet uh i don't know yeah it, like to me that tracks is like that those things would somehow intersect i just got it just get, was weird like they should have just called them like monsters <laughs> i don't know like oh and then like some maybe a word that evokes monsters as opposed to ghosts that way when you find out like this, I, I agree this is so like surface level but you know it's like yeah you know what you... though it, it this is the stuff that kind of makes a difference though like it's really easy stuff but like you know spirits ghosts uh phantoms very interchangeable so like if they've called them let's say fiends Right, because that's sure, what they call yeah. that's what they call enemies in Final Fantasy fifteen. You, you're fighting okay. fiends, or like, uh, or fuck, or even just monsters or whatever. Let's say that they called the spirits. Let's say that they called them just energy or something like that. Right, like yeah. you need to collect, you know, these monster energy drinks. Um, <laughs> those are like very. Now you have very different things. It's like instead of spirits, it's like this energy that's going to charge up our wave. Instead of phantoms, you have. Um, you have monsters that are going to, you know, come after you. And now you have ghosts of these monsters, which it kind of explains what it is. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, did uh, they look like ghosts in the first place to me because they're kind of transparent now that yeah. I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Like every, yeah, everything about it, like tracks with me. Not like I get it and stuff. It was just, it was just very weird, <laughs> very weird choice of words. Well, now that I'm thinking of it, like it wouldn't have been that big of a leap in logic, I don't think, to to be like, oh, these these transparent floating things are ghosts. Yeah, that that we call phantoms already. I don't know. Right. I like I like the idea of this, although I thought it was very cool. So like I didn't I wasn't actually like too worried about it. It was just like it the when they're like when they kept saying like oh so they're really ghosts it like kind of took me out of it it's like yeah they kind of right. already were ghosts but sure yeah you know what though like you said though th- this actually goes down probably easier than we're making it sound yeah I no think, it, during the movie yeah. i actually thought when they when when they gave that backstory i was like oh that's kind of cool like yeah i like the idea of it yeah the only thing Actually, I'll I'll save this I'll save this for the end of the movie. And like my big question about the phantoms, but uh, let's get there first. So the general, this guy, just can't do anything right. So this guy goes to like the main power room that powers all the barriers around all the cities in the world, and he's just like, you know what? We're gonna lower the barrier on sector thirty-one to make an example of it to show them that a direct attack is what we need to do to beat the phantoms and he lowers the barrier in sector 31 and fucking the phantoms start attacking it. But I guess this also lets the phantoms in to all of the other barrier cities and they're riding these energy waves 
And the general's like, oh, that's impossible. No living creature could do this. And it's like, oh, dude. First, first of all, they already look like ghosts and they're obviously this alien thing. So why are you basing what they can and cannot do on on earthly limitations? And like, second of all, you're such a fucking idiot because he like everything goes haywire. Like mm. everything goes haywire. And like just uh, the the barriers fall around every single city in the world. And like everybody's getting attacked. Oh, he, he really I, cocked it up. I liked it because um because you're starting to see just how how committed to this he is because he knows that he's going to sacrifice lives, you know, by doing it. By yes. he, he didn't know how much, but that that's still fucked up, you know. And so it just shows how s- succumbed he is to wanting to kill these by, things by any means necessary. And I don't know if this is maybe a step ahead, but like it fails, right? And so then I liked it was just a brief moment, but they start another scene with him where he's he's going to kill himself. Right? Yeah. He has like the gun to his head. And I um, that's that's what I kind of like wish we got more. Not not like more scenes where he attempts suicide, but like just like maybe it's no, enough. But it, it was a, it was a really good scene in that like he he knew that he wanted to do like he had good intentions. He was he was just off like. Obviously, it didn't go the way he wanted, and he was going at it an awful way. But like, you know, he he at least had good intentions, and he realized how awful things were. I thought that that um, that the scene where he had the gun to his head was actually quite powerful because it was yeah, it was I, humanizing a little bit to him. I thought it was just the way I read it all was all he all he, I don't even think I would say he had good intentions. I think all he wanted to do was kill these things. Um, maybe that for good reason, but that's all he wanted to do. You know, he wanted to shoot a, a gun into the ground, a giant cannon into the ground. Um, he wanted to sacrifice a population, uh, and not because I, and they never present it like, cause it's for the greater good, you know, like it's never like a moral question in that way. It's just because he think he just want, like his soul, his soul focus is I want to destroy them. And so then when that fails, I, I view it as like he sees, well, I can't accomplish what I want. And so and okay. I, I'm never going to beat them. So I think he's just like is giving up in that moment. He's just like, yeah, it's sad. It's fucked up and sad. But it yeah. See, that that's a really good interpretation, because I, I was just going with like he realized he fucked up and like sacrificed all all those lives for nothing. But I, I think I even like yours a little bit better. where like he's just feels powerless you know he he kind of also he kind of has like the the, to a far lesser extent obviously but like the uh the ozymandias storyline where like he is trying to sacrifice all these lives for what he believes is the greater good um so you know he was little little moments here and there like when he was giving the backstory on his family and like you know there's a scene with him and the gun but like i thought that they did a, a pretty decent job with like what really was a fairly one note character yeah. in there to make him a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I liked it. I felt like he was just on a, like a pure path to dis- self-destruction and not just including himself, but like in the, in the, uh, a murder suicide type way, you know, like, like where he would do anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To kill them. <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of good though, too, because like, 
they they humanized him a little bit, but also like every time he did anything, I was just like, oh fuck, this guy sucks. Like he had that heel heat. Well, yeah, on him, it's so you know? awful, and there's no there's no justification for anything he actually does. You know, whether you think he did it uh, for good or not, it's it's awful. You know. <laughs> well, on the plus side. Uh, the prison, the prisoners, our squad, are, are out of jail now because they had, like, little lasers keeping them in prison. And now that everything is blown up and kaput, they are out of jail. But on the negative side, now everywhere is crawling with phantoms. Yeah. And uh, our squad gets into, like, this sick car, uh, like, little <laughs> little racing car. And I'm sitting there watching this scene, so they're, like, they're driving away from all the phantoms. And I'm like, dude... This would be such a fun level in a video game. Like I, I just yeah. I would I would love to play this. That did stick out, yeah. I I had a really good time with that. There was like <laughs> some 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 nice cheeky lines going around uh, back and forth. Um, yeah, it was it was a good sequence. Although our boy Ving Rhames, Sergeant Ryan, is uh, is pretty badly injured during this. So that yeah. sucks. Yeah. I, you pretty much you pretty much knew he was toast right there. Yeah, I again though I didn't feel much when when these characters were all taken down like and that's that was kind of a disappointment for me. Yeah, you know, I one thing in particular about the Sergeant Ryan scene that I appreciated at least a little bit is like when when Ryan was just like you got to leave me behind. Nobody was just like, "Oh no, we got to make it work" and blah blah blah. Like, like Gray was just like, okay, we'll do that. We'll come back for you. And he's just like, just leave me again. And he's like, okay, here you go. And it was kind of like, just like, that was it. There was no, like, wasn't like this big emotional thing. Like kind <laughs> of like scenes where like, they're just like, oh, you got to leave me behind. Like those are usually kind of like supposed to be tearjerker scenes or whatever. I don't know. I I, I, I thought it was okay. But yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think the movie had like totally earned that with that character. So like, I guess I'm kind of glad they... You know, it, it's better than if they had forced that because I, you know, that would that yeah, would have been I, something. I agree. I, I guess I'm agreeing with you and just saying, like, I'm glad they didn't do that because you didn't really know, you know, this yeah. guy very well. Um, anyway, so the the squad are going to try and uh, steal back Aki's ship and get into space and they split up. And dude, well, as soon as they split up, I was just like, okay, well, here go- here goes everybody else. Right, exactly. You almost, like, are expecting it, but it's not in a way where you're like, no, don't split up. It's just like, okay, now it's it's time to kill everyone for the only two characters who, like, really have an overarching thing going on. So I, I have a question here. So we see Jane, and she's guarding Neil as he's doing his thing. And she's shooting the phantoms. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, wait a second. Aren't these things ghosts? Like, what kind well, of bullets are they using here? Like, what, what's what's uh, going on? I don't know. Did they do anything? I don't remember. I think so. I mean, she's shooting them and like they she takes them all down. You know, in this right? and maybe in this world, ghosts, uh, you know, ghosts work differently here. You know, there's no scientific proof for how ghosts work. Uh, in in this world, when you're playing Pokemon, normal attacks will hit a ghost. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's the explanation. Is they they've 2065, got baby. Cheat codes are on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Neil uh, gets gets his soul sucked alive by a phantom, and uh, Jane dies. 
shortly after by the the big squid or the big beetle or whatever the hell that thing is supposed to be um man i would have gotten out of there like immediately as soon as i saw some <laughs> phantoms start to come in i'm not gonna lie they they uh they take them on that's pretty intense well they do it for the greater <laughs> good what was there there was like a there was like a little mechanical hand or something on uh, aki's ship so they weren't right. flying anywhere if they didn't uh heroically sacrifice their lives right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right so aki sid and gray are on the ship but that giant beetle phantom looks like it's going to destroy it and somehow some way we get the big comeback we get the big save from private ryan and he yeah i don't know what he's doing he kind of shoots at the the big beetle and like the the beetle eats him uh, i don't, actually didn't really see what happened in this scene Look, it's about time for private ryan to do the saving We've saved <laughs> Private Ryan enough. Time for some payback, buddies. Start yeah. paying. It's time to start paying the rent. <laughs> the rent is too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are we are out of here. Aki and Sid board the ship, and Gray uh, makes a heroic leap onto the ship. And uh, yeah, they're out of there. The rest of the team is dead. I guess that the rest of the team dying really gets Gray going, since him and Aki start to uh, do the bad dance up in space. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to him, I guess. After a after a sad scene. It was strange, but This was a weird scene. Yeah. This this was the scene where I was just like, you know, seeing Alec Baldwin as this fit young guy is weird. Yeah, I wish that yeah. That should have been a that should have been a payoff moment, but it's 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 always weird to me actually in these not always, but where it's like something horrific happens, but it's also like the moment where the the love interests kind of like come together afterwards maybe because it is they just went through right. something but that was kind of it's weird <laughs> i i agree um and actually we one one important thing that we forgot to mention in this uh um general hind scene where he's about to kill himself in space is that li- literally the only thing that stops him from doing that is he finally gets a call from the council and they are just like you know what uh, fire the Zeus cannon, and that's all that General Hine wants. So he's he's kind of in business now. Yeah, that's what I like. That it was like, um, you know, if if I can't do the thing I want to do, I'm just gonna right. end it. And then it's like, that's that's probably the only thing they could have said to him that would uh prevented him from uh ending it all. You know. So he, being General Hine, he is gonna fire the Zeus cannon and the meteorite crater site, while at the same time, our heroes have deduced that the eighth spirit is a phantom, and that is also in the meteorite crater site. So we kind of got a race against time here going on to see, you know, who's going to get there and do their thing first. Um, They also, they kind of spit off some line and it's like, okay, well, like, we'll never get back if we go into the crater because it's crawling with phantoms, but that's okay because we can complete the wave here and broadcast it out or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so it's like they're going to sacrifice themselves essentially is the idea I got. Right. Um, um I so like that. I thought that it was good. Although I will say that when they were in their ship and they're so like there's Aki's ship and then they're kind of in like a little like Halo warthog going down. It's got a yeah. force field around it. This Aki is a very and Halo in there. movie at times. I was I was just like, where are the phantoms? Like, there's no resistance anywhere. Like, how are they able to get that close? Oh. 
Mm, I don't I don't know. I didn't that didn't cross my mind. <laughs> I I was thinking that like dude, this should be like Link going into Hyrule Castle in Breath of the Wild with like three hearts here. Like that's how that's how much resistance there should be to finally get there. But they just kind of strolled in. I felt they like, already right kind of did it with that big fight they had though. Like that I felt like during that fight I was even though it doesn't like emotionally end the story i felt like this is weird that this isn't the ending big battle but i you know what i i don't think every movie's gotta end with a big battle not not even like a big battle but like if they were sneaking around kind of like yeah like let me use this as an example like when the hobbits finally get to mordor and uh it's crawling with people inside and they're just like fuck how are we gonna do this right eventually you have that distraction from from aragon yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that it stuck is, out to me. It is just weird. Like, how do they just march down there? I never thought about that. I I guess I didn't think about it. I mean, not important. It's just I, I was, was just, just like, oh, dude, I was expecting to see some like really big ass phantoms, which we do later, but they're not here now. Yeah, I thought it was more. Yeah, it was totally. I'm with you. I I was just like, oh, I want to see what what is going on down there. You know, <laughs> I was just ready for that that next part of the story to happen. Yes. All right. So um, as soon as they get their warthog down to the crater, they're right at the center. They the cannon that they've been building up this whole movie fires at the crater. Man, I thought that this thing sucked. It didn't do like any damage. It didn't look like it was just like this little this little fizzle. It, it shot down. And I was like, oh, is that it? I thought it would be like this catastrophic explosion and like, I don't know, fire and brimstone and just kind of like a little zap little zappity do that's what you get when you have hades shooting <laughs> off the zeus cannon i actually i think that hades is james wood's best role he was really great in that movie uh, yeah yeah it, that he's funny he's really funny in that movie he's not funny he's, in this he's movie easily no he's an asshole in this movie he's easily the best thing in, in that hercules movie, though, for sure. oh for sure yeah so all right so the general, when he fired down the Zeus cannon, it is revealed that he destroyed the eighth spirit. Yes. So I've got some logistical questions here about how this works. Oh. Um, because we see, like we, uh, you know, actually, I'll just I'll save him and we'll get there. Anyway, so he destroys the eighth spirit. Um, he's firing off the the Zeus cannon, and uh, it's just like. The, the most ginormous phantom ever that you've ever seen starts coming out of like the ground where where they're firing the cannon. Um, this thing is like as big as the planet. And then it sends Aki and Gray literally crashing down to like the very core of the meteor. And uh, I, I can't remember what their explanation was, but like every time that they fire the Zeus cannon, it just makes the phantom stronger. And the general does not realize this. He's just he's just doing everything that he possibly can wrong. Yeah. Um, they were like on a, they were like on a rock. <laughs> it was like, uh, I'm trying to think. It made me think of a different movie, but uh, yeah, it was very, a uh, very dire situation. <laughs> it was almost, uh, not Armageddon. I guess that was, that's not really right. Yeah. But something like that though. It didn't look very good. That's for sure. Um, all right, so this is what I don't get. So the, we we kind of see that uh, the Aki has like this vision, 
and the vision is of the Phantom's planet before it was all fucked up. And then and then she kind of from there, she's just like, oh, you know what? The eighth spirit is inside of me. It's the phantom corruption inside of me. So I'm thinking, I'm like, well, didn't you just have the eighth spirit on like the map and it was destroyed? And then like, can that spirit regenerate right away? This this didn't make a lot of logistical sense to me. Yeah, they they just have the vision and they're like, you're the eighth spirit also. Yeah. Maybe it like, I don't know. From their vision, like from her dream or whatever, was it supposed to infer that the phantoms like gave her something in that particular vision to then make her the eighth spirit? Um, I don't remember that being the case. Uh, I thought they just I, I said, don't know. yeah, I thought it, they just said like, oh, no, you're the they I thought they just told her, you know. I feel like the movie did not do a very good job in this particular moment because like, um, Aki is just like, oh, I, I know what needs to be done. And Dr. Sid is like, I know what you need to do. And then Gray is just like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm with Gray. I didn't really know what was going on. So I'm like, I'm waiting for their for their layman explanation for it. They didn't really give one. And then like that, that was kind of that. It was just like, no, I got the spirit. Just trust me. Yeah, it would have been different. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It would have been maybe different if. uh they didn't establish it as like in the place, a certain place or something. I don't know. It was very weird. Like, yeah, uh, it's I just a change from like, oh, it was down here, but now it's not. Um, yeah, it's a weird twist that doesn't really connect. So let, let's finish off the movie here and then let's get into some questions that I have here about this, this plot. Um, so Aki finishes the wave. She's got all the spirits She's just about to send it out, but General Douchebag fires the Zeus cannon one last time, which blows up the ship and mercifully destroys him. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know what what exactly happens here. So I'll just correct me if I'm wrong. So Gray is like using his body as a conduit to get the the wave, which is like living inside of Aki. So he he gets absorbed by phantoms, but because as he's getting absorbed, he's holding on to Aki, and the wave is coming through through Aki to Gray, and then through Gray to the phantoms, and like that destroys the phantoms or like sends them away or fucking something. And uh, the movie kind of ends right there afterwards, where like everything's kind of gone back to normal. Yeah, that moment uh, that was what was supposed to be. I think the big emotional moment. And it's it's nothing you don't see coming or anything, but was like he's kind of the non-believer. And then by the end, he's, he has he some believes. corny line about believing, which is, I think, cool in concept again, like it, you know, especially in this like super advanced, you know, techno world where it's like the main the main uh, emotional thing that happens in the movie is about accepting uh, the sp- right. spirit world or the the Gaia you know the belief in Gaia or something you know and like giving yourself over to the spirit world you know almost like accepting it. I actually had read that like the director was thinking about what happens when you die because years before a couple years before his mother had died so I like this idea of like it, it was all kind of this metaphor of 
we're like maybe accepting your death and grief and stuff like that and how we're actually all connected and so you know your the spirit doesn't actually leave the world or something like that you know something beyond more than just your typical like we got to save the world you know but it doesn't really it's not it doesn't totally land you know i i agree i like I like everything conceptually and I like it right up until the ending. I think that they, they didn't even land the plane on the ending. I think they just kind of flew it into the side of the cliff. Um, Cause like, I, I think that what they were trying to do is show the relation between the planet and like your, your spirit and the harmony in there. But I think that final fantasy seven just did so much of a better job of doing that exact same thing. Um, so the it could have been maybe a more fulfilling explanation and maybe it would have made the ending hit a little bit harder too is if in the dream like there was maybe some revelation that you know similar to like the beam that and like the concept that the last spirit is a phantom you know is that like these energies are all like kind of the same thing and we're all everything is connected and something like that so it's like the actual revelation could have been cool if it's some sort of thing where it's like you actually don't need an eighth spirit and maybe that's what they were going for but where it's like we all have this energy we can all you know even the non-believer could channel this energy or something you know and they could together could have channeled their energy to save the world you know they just joined together in some Gaia spirit bomb (laughs) so I guess like I I have a few logistical questions that probably nobody but me cares about but i'm gonna ask them anyways so like first and foremost what i i feel like the movie did not establish well enough what spirits are we know that they're collectible and we know that they're needed to complete the wave but like what is it and i feel like not having that answer hurt a little bit because it's obviously different than gaia they're obviously different than phantoms but it's just kind of like like what is a spirit how is it able to live inside of aki twice because she was also the first spirit so like uh i I don't know like how that how that works the second thing well with the two spirits i thought that was because she also had the phantom in her and so that could have been cool if see maybe if they didn't have the location of where they're like you got to go down here that could have been cool too where it's like we know the eighth spirit is is actually a phantom or it's in you or something and then they realize that the phantom can also be a spirit and so she's got like both of these types of energies which are actually the same inside of her like we all do you know life and death blah 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 you know it doesn't like that wouldn't fully have to make sense but it's the fact that like they gave it such a specific thing was what made it kind of weird you know Okay, so this this bleeds into my next question here, which is like, what what do the phantoms want? Like, what is their purpose? Is it to find harmony or like peace and death after they've died? Because like they're ravaging Earth, and that's fine. And like, are they are they just looking for like Gaia to get them to the afterlife? And is the is the point of the movie like humanity needs to share their Gaia with this species in order to? to get them to the afterlife is that why they're attacking humans to get gaia to get them to the afterlife like they see that they're ghosts but then they like there's nothing really beyond that it's just kind of like okay like it's ghosts and we have this memory of what our planet used to be um there's no like there's no message like kind of like saying like you know 
if they would have said like, you know, we had something like a Zeus cannon and we used it and it brought our destruction and we don't want to see that happen or like uh, basically there is just like there is no payoff, I feel, to the ghost story. And I don't know what the Phantoms end game was to an extent of like, like, what are they here for? Oh, what do they okay. ultimately want to do? Like, are they are they looking for something to like get them over the hump, like out of, I don't know, purgatory and get them to the after? Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I didn't. I guess they never. To me, I didn't wonder that as much because they never really set up the phantoms as like. Like they set them up as like, yeah, they're ghosts, but not in a sense where like I never felt like they had a uh, they had an agenda. You know, I just thought like they're ghosts and by their nature, they like feed on spirit energy. You know, like they they be like to me, it was like they became monstrous, you know, where they did, they didn't have like a, a consciousness or something, you know, but I can see like that. I think that would have made it at least a, a better story though, is if like they, they did have that. And there was like a reason they were doing it. Yeah. I, I mean like, you know, fighting monsters is cool, but like it, to me, it would have, it would have landed a little bit better if it was like, you know, they they actually want something. They're they're not as destructive or as monstrous as you think. Like they just want, I don't know, harmony or, or something. Maybe they, yeah, or it's like they need the spirit energy to like move on, you know. And so they, yeah, so that's why they were doing it. But they have no way of, yeah, I don't know. So I I guess what my point is is like I feel like the phantoms in this movie should have existed as a way to teach humanity some kind of a lesson. And I'm not sure that humanity in the the context of Final Fantasy, the spirits within really learned a lesson because most of them were pretty rational and reasonable other than this one general, you know, you know what I mean? Um, it's not, we don't really learn why they came. Like it's, it seems like, it seems like they just kind of came to earth by happenstance rather than because we were headed down the wrong path. And like now we've learned from this and we're going to change our ways and stuff like that. Right. You were thinking with this because they had this element of like, he's going to destroy the world or something. I don't think they as a whole had to like be taught a lesson or anything like that necessarily for it to be like a good story. Like I, I think the, like you could have stuck with the simplicity of, you know, there's one, one character who, uh, just wants to snuff out, these spirits and that and uh totally fails and then there's one guy who like learns to believe in the power of the energy I, do, I don't think it has to like it had to necessarily as a whole like teach the society a lesson but yeah i don't know uh maybe i'm just uh script doctoring this movie to make it kind of be the movie that i would want to see mm-hmm. um I mean that I, that seems like I, I, something I will say, they hint they hint at that it could be you know yeah like there's there's hints of like I think the mystery is better than the payoff in this movie but like I will say like I have all these logistical questions I feel like some of it doesn't make sense but I also don't really feel that that takes away from the actual movie itself if you know what I mean like it it could have been better but this doesn't ruin the movie either <sighs> yeah I mean. It, all it does, I mean, the move, it, or it does take away from it in that, like, it's this is not like an amazing movie by any means, but it it, it takes away, but I I don't feel like it like 
ruins the movie. It's it's cool to look at a lot of the time. <laughs> and conceptually, yeah. I like a lot of things, but I just wish. Yeah, I wish that um, I would I would even be OK with some of these things not really all adding up if I felt like, again, the the personal stories were because that's that's really what I would look out for is like if 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 some of the characters had like a satisfying story you know that would at least right and then like you fleshed out at least gave a little bit more character to some of the side characters you know it's like okay then then i would be a bit even a bit more accepting because i was like i would think well it had a good story with the characters that were actually in it maybe the thing with the phantoms doesn't fully make sense but everyone in it was like very likable or, or at least like their character i liked their characters um from a story perspective and it visually looked cool but for me right. all this really has to hang your hat on is conceptually it's interesting the characters uh, some okay performances good performances in okay roles but mainly it's like it looks cool is <laughs> the main thing yeah, I, I think I'm a bit more forgiving of the characters than you. Like, I, I can kind of appreciate, like, the side guys were there just to be one-note characters. And I think they were fine enough at that. Like, I liked the characters. I, You know what? Actually, we didn't bring this up once during this movie, but I think the music was actually quite strong in this yes, as well. Actually, I I had thought that to myself a couple times. Uh, there was a couple, yeah, great bits of, like, score that like really enhanced some moments in this movie I, I think like particularly the intro and like all of the dream sequences were like really mm. cool there, there were some um, some parts in this end that were in the like climax that were kind of cool too it kind of helped raise it a little bit in my mind yeah like i i liked that um you know i i liked that it, it raised some of the questions um like the mysteries and stuff like that i don't think it paid them off in the way that i wanted them to be paid off but mm. it didn't like it, that didn't ruin it i think it looks awesome I, like I, I i i think there were enough redeeming qualities to get around some of the the problems like i think what i would say is it was a really cool and really solid sci-fi movie but i can totally understand why final fantasy fans did not like this yeah or did they not like it like i don't even know what their actual reception was you know what? I don't know. I maybe maybe some did. Um, may I, I guess I could see why people wouldn't like it. Maybe, maybe I'll just mm -hmm. broaden what I said. Yeah. Any response I've ever seen is just more generally people. It's never talked about. I don't see it in a Final Fantasy perspective, and I always just see people talk about. Well, the visuals look good, and like the story is awful and and doesn't make sense. But to me, it's just kind of like I think goes down easy. What you said earlier applies like there it's never offensive to me you know like it my it i'm never like oh my gosh you know I'll, I'll put it this way if you if you are not a final fantasy fan and you have one final fantasy movie to watch like pick the spirits within because there's no way that you could like just anybody can watch advent children there's no way yeah. that just anybody can watch king's glaive like you have to like be fully aware of everything else going on in that universe to like those movies. Yeah. You, Maybe Kingsglaive to a lesser extent than Advent Children, but like, sure you yeah. can definitely, yeah. Watch this in a final fantasy vacuum and it makes, well, you know, it makes as much sense as the movie does. <laughs>
All right, really quick. So box office wise, this grossed $85 million worldwide against $137 million budget. So bomb with a capital Darn. B. Damn. Um, I was actually kind of surprised by the, the Rotten Tomatoes score on this. So critics gave it 45%, which was far higher than I thought it would be. And audiences gave it 48%, which was far lower than I thought it would be. Uh, critic consensus, the movie raises the bar for computer animated movies, but the story is dull and emotionally removed. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a great, uh, that's a great poll quote there. Right? Um, th- those scores don't surprise me. I can see, like, to me, if 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 describes it well, where I feel like the movie walks and talks like a real movie, you know? So, like... I could see just an average person who doesn't like, you know, like this could totally by chance hit for a random person just because it right. like resembles a movie and it looks cool, you know, like there, I get, there's nothing offensive about it. Like with a, with a lowercase O where it's like, it pulls you out of it. But for some people, like the story might just totally throw them like once they start, talking about spirits and phantoms and ghosts i could totally see some people being like this is stupid and turning it off yeah i could i could see that too uh i mean definitely the biggest redeeming quality of this movie is the visuals and like it 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 always looks really awesome and it always looks really like gorgeous i think so yeah if if but if that's not enough for you i could definitely see like uh (laughs) you're not enjoying this movie um all right, so let's. I guess um, I was gonna I was gonna jump straight to the thumbs up or thumbs down here, Goo, because we've been going for a while here. But did you have any kind of thing that you wanted to add to, you know, to to the spirits within? Any last kind of parting thoughts? Anything like that? Um the the music in the credits was total banger, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, There's, that was a banger, wasn't it? I think there was like two songs in there even. So uh, go look those up because <laughs> maybe I'll play a clip because it. I was like kind of vibing on that more than a lot of the movie actually. It was a nice little ballad. Yeah, I think it sounded good. <laughs> Not all of the Final Fantasy ballads at the end of the games have always uh landed really? actually. So oh. this was this was good. Uh shout out though to Florence and the Machine who made a couple good soundtrack or songs for the soundtrack of uh Final Fantasy 15. Oh, nice. That was good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked about everything else here, Goose. So I guess all that's left is is a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Huh. <laughs> I forgot about that. That that's a question. Um. Hmm. I'll, I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go, go ahead here if you don't mind. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Kind of like uh, if I'm if I'm on a degree scale here, I'm gonna say that it's like at 25 degrees thumbs up you know what i mean it's not it's not quite a rigid thumbs up but it's it's not a thumbs in the middle either i think that there was enough in this movie for me like it had great visuals i liked the characters even though they were kind of one note there was enough mystery um that that i think that and it goes down easy yeah uh, that i i think i i would recommend it to people that like just wanted to to chill out and watch you know a really good looking sci-fi movie it's not very final fantasy-esque um, it's 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 more of a Xenosaga movie than it is a Final Fantasy movie, but 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it, I think it's pretty good. This isn't like uh, everyone's got to see this movie now type movie, but there's plenty of people who I would say like, yeah, you should check it out. You probably get something out of it or like take a look at the visuals. That's cool, huh? So I, I would probably thumbs up that for sure. Two thumbs up, but maybe it should have been two thumbs kind of up instead <laughs> of uh, two thumbs up. But yeah, Final Fantasy Spirits Within, um, pretty decent movie. It's certainly not like the awful video game movie, you know, that I think some people made it out as. It's uh, it doesn't always doesn't always hit home runs, but you know, it bunts and gets you to first or second base. That's good enough for me. Sure, yeah. It, it <laughs> it's you know what. It's not too long either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, already off to a good start for me whenever I see that. All right. Well, there it is. That is Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Of course, next episode is going to be all about Far Cry, which squeaked out a win at the end of our poll. I know absolutely fuck all about Far Cry, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... I'm kind of it's it'll be interesting because it's not uh it's not one of the Uve classics, but uh, it'll be good yeah. to get back in in the Uve mindset for a little bit. I'm sure. Uh, well, we have no poll this week, actually, because after by the time you hear this and by the time you hear Far Cry, it is going to be my birthday and yeah. uh, I'm cashing in a blank check that Gooey gave me. We did John Wick for his birthday. We're going to be doing something totally out there for my birthday that I am very excited to talk about. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's Yeah, it's going to be different for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even want to say anything else nope. because I feel like we'll give it away. You're, uh, you're going to have to hang. You're going to have to uh, to hang tight for that one. Um, but there you go. That's it for us. We are done. Of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you guys, uh, you know, are looking for some bonus content, head on over to patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. We have got, uh, like we did an hour long bonus episode all about DC movie trailers and other good stuff. Uh, of course at the, the $5 level, we've got the bonus legend of Zelda cartoon episodes coming out. So make, you know, consider checking that out. Uh, that's the best way to help support the show for sure. So, Make sure that you consider heading on over there and uh, checking it out. Um, while you're there, you can check us out over on Discord. And, of course, we want you to like and subscribe over on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. You know the drill wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, last plug, follow us on Twitter uh, at Virtual Theater X. You can follow me at Spateri316 and Gooey at Gooey Fame. Goo, is there any parting words that you want to bestow on us <laughs> um oh i wish i had something good i guess just uh you know we all gotta right now embrace the the spirits within god damn that's good yeah, that's good stuff it's profound until until next time <laughs> <laughs>